Welcome to Karate the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wong. Kickstart to close out November. 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 We've already released the last episode. It's already out there. Yeah. Uh, we close out the month with, what did we close it out with? Oh, yeah. DOA. DOA. 1988. No. Did yes. we? Was it yes. DOA? Was that our last movie? I'm just kidding. Yeah. I was. I wanted it to go on forever. <laughs> November. November. Uh, yeah. So I, I think because we ended up watching other things that were neo-noirish. Uh, I yeah. mean, I did anyway this week. Me too. I did too. I, I could tell you, I, I give you a list of movies I watched this week that weren't. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't watch any, like after Wednesday, I, did, I didn't watch shit. I didn't have time to watch anything. I didn't have anything after Wednesday. I didn't watch fucking nothing. I was right there with you, dude. I'm like, yeah. We, it's been a long week leading up to Thanksgiving because we have a new addition in this house. Oh, who's, what, did you have a baby? <laughs> of sorts. Yes. Uh, we have a new puppy in the house. Sweet. Uh, yeah. His name is Winston. He's a, he's a blue tri bulldog. It's been a weird thing seeing all those little Oswald things in him that you realize it's just breed this is just a breed thing and uh but he's been fucking rad but so yeah we're he's been here with us for a little over a week now and uh yeah he's like he's always been here that kind of thing so it's been nice nice having another puppy in the house and it's a it's it's been definitely an adjustment it's been a very emotional obviously because we never really uh you know we're never ever gonna well, get man, over you never really get past that yeah, you know, yeah. That's kind of thing. Yeah. And that was once we realized that once all three of us realized that that was the the truth of the matter, like you, we're not going to get past that or not, not going to get over it anyway. It, it, it's, it was a lot easier to make that transition. Um, we were waiting on Melody. She was the last one of us that wasn't, uh, that was still trying to work through things. And we got there and we saw this little dude about a month ago and about five weeks ago and He's got his own Instagram already. <laughs> so no shit. Yeah. Winnie the blue dog. And I'll, I'll link to that. I shouldn't say one, but just put on Patreon. He's already got a few pictures up there. I think I'm already following you. I think he's following you now. Oh, you know what? I think I saw that. Like I have a list of things that like, I, but I didn't know what, I didn't know who that was. I was like, it's not a stranger. It's, I was like, it's, who's fucking, you know, it's Winston when they connect with his uncle Freddie. Cause here's the thing that I, I know we've talked about on the show before. Oswald loved you. And he, you could just say your name and he would lose his shit. Oswald. Yeah. So I, I don't think, I don't expect Winston to be any different. So it's funny, man. Cause I, I follow, like, cause I follow a lot of uh, animal rescues. So like, I always get like random, like, like there's like 10, like, uh, you know, you get that thing. So-and-so who you may know is on Instagram. I, you know, I, I just haven't like, again, haven't really been. It's like a, when, since Wednesday, it's been like hellaciously busy. But I saw it and I was like, oh, it's Winnie the Blue. I, uh, I don't know. I'll look at it later. So, okay, <laughs> yeah. now I know. Well, now you know why he's called Winnie the Blue, too, because he's a true. Yes, because I was like, yeah. I was like, what is Winnie the Blue? <laughs> you know, yeah. for my first thought was like, it was, dude, because I get so much weird spam like on Instagram. I, I'm almost like ready like to just put up the wall where you have to like, request like being my friend because i got all these followers who follow me who aren't real like you know you click right. i'm like who's this person and it's like follow my adult only 18 oh my god no, <laughs> <fuck."> <laughs> and i was like winnie the blue oh, who's that 
Follow my OnlyFans. Yeah, totally. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay, well, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> what was I? Was I? There was something I was going to ask. You. I don't know. Oh, I kept yeah, interrupting as, you. <laughs> no, no. Just as far as like the Noir Vember and wrapping up with DOA. I mean, it's funny, man, because uh, DOA, DOA was so much, was, was a fun movie to end on. Um, right. uh, and if anybody heard the episode, I hope it was fun for you guys. Um, because it, it's funny because I don't feel like I like after when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, because at the beginning of the, at the, uh, the beginning of the episode, we're almost it's I would I, if I was listening to it and I wasn't really paying that close of attention, I'd think that we didn't like the movie. Yes. But by the end, <laughs> you know, it's obviously we still are very fond of the movie. It's just. You right. know, but after the other three, it's just but it's a good time, man. And like yeah. like I think I said at the end of the episode. I would love for Vidiots to fucking throw that thing up on a screening yep. of the Eagle. Cause I would totally go see that in a the theater. It would be so much fun. Totally. Yeah. It's the, the thing about the movie is like we say in the episode is the reason why we didn't notice those, I'm going to hate these over shortcomings, but the things that affect our viewing of it. Now we are in the midst of that. It surrounded us that kind of the way we yeah. live things back then. It didn't, having those music cues weren't out of place then. So nope. very much like a lot of things were coming up back then. So again, time <laughs> and consumption of other movies. And you get to that point, you're like, yeah, that is kind of weird that they'd make those choices or they maybe not weird at the time, but they just don't hold up. And, but it doesn't take away from the rest of the movie. No, it doesn't take away from the enjoyment and, yeah, and the stuff still, that is good in it. Yeah. A lot of fun. Anyway, so yeah, November was was blast, and it, and it, it's funny how you start seeing once you realize what's what how the genre is defined, both noir and its subgenre of of neo noir. You see all the other movies that really fit right into those categories, and it's a lot more than you think. So yeah, man, it's funny. Like it, it was a, there's a there's such an expansion of uh, especially neo noir. Like mm-hmm. uh, neo noir is is very almost all encompassing. <laughs> Right, uh, but again, even noir. Like I, I was going to say, I watched uh, the Badlanders um, on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday because I was like, after we after we had covered Asphalt Jungle, I was like, I don't know that I've ever seen the Badlanders. I know I have a copy of it, <laughs> right? Because I had bought one like back when on DVD, and I think I bought it because it was a uh, Delmer Dave's the director um, who did Three Ten of Yuma and Jubal, Dark Passage, and many more, Broken Arrow. But I was just buying like, you know, Westerns and uh, I had bought it back when it was the DV, you get the archive collection from Warner Brothers when they had those weird blue covers with some questionable grabs of the original posters on them. Right. Uh, And I think it was like, I feel like they almost, you could only buy them. I feel like they were almost like printed to order. Like they didn't, there wasn't, you would order them and then they would burn them and then they would send you your desk, you know, with the box. Right. Out. But, um, <laughs> but watching the Badlanders, quite entertaining, not nearly as bleak as the asphalt jungle. So again, now I need to really, really read the novel because, um, you know, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who wants to watch the Badlanders, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it, there's a lot of similarities. There, you know, we we get the setup and say it's the same, and there's stuff that's going on the same. It's just the beginning and the end are different. They're you know they're mixed up a bit, and like um, in a good way. Not it doesn't ruin the movie, but it's definitely you know, it's not like you're just watching the asphalt jungle set in the old west. You know, so if you know, if you're worried about like why would I want to watch that after I just watched the asphalt jungle, 
they're different movies. They're similar, but they're also their own movies. And Lad, it was near the end of his career. He's quite good in it. And Borgnine, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Borgnine, but fuck, I love Borgnine, dude. I don't think Borgnine was ever bad in anything. No, like when we talked about Wild Bunch... Uh, like uh, I think I was li- I was listening back to the episode and I referred to him as Ernie because my dad always did. Yeah. So uh, so the, I definitely have an affection for him and to a ref where I would use uh, such an informal <laughs> first name for him. No, I I love Burnout Borgnine a lot. Yeah, you'll that. love the, you'll you'll dig the Badlanders if you ever get around to it. I mean, he's great in it. Like it's one of those you're like fuck man. There's another fucking you know put that in the uh, put that in Ernie's time capsule. Along with, you know, From Here to Eternity and Jubal and uh, fucking Marty. Marty, Wild dude, Bunch. I'm amazed at how many people have never seen Dude, Ma- I mean, dude, Marty is, fuck. He, I think he, did he win or he was, I know no, no, he, he was nominated. He won. No, he yeah, won. Yeah, he did win, right? Best yeah, yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he's incredible. And he's, and again, you, you think when you see that classic poster. And I think the one I have, I have it on VHS where he's just, this is a black and white shot with a shadow up on the wall where he's just resting his hand, resting his, his chin on his hand on the inside yes. of his palm. I did mm-hmm. so fucking great, dude. Yep. It's like, that's the movie that that's the movie is that the way it's, it's crazy. that a still photograph can say so much about what the movie is. And once you see the movie, you're going to go, Oh, I know what you mean now. What's crazy about Borgnine is I, 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 I'm trying to remember if my first experience with Borgnine was seeing him as Fatso Judson in From Here to Eternity, where you just fucking hate his guts. Or was it as Cabby in Escape from New York? I don't remember like right off the top of my head, but like, the, but if you look back at that dude's career, I mean, dude, he's in The Dirty Dozen. I mean, he's in a bunch of Aldrich movies, but it, he's always a standout. You always remember Borgnine. Like whatever the movie is, you're like, oh yeah, Bor- Borgnine, Ernie Borgnine was in that movie. Oh yeah, no, I know he wasn't the fucking star, but he, yeah, he, he's what I, you know. Like to me, like when I think about Escape from New York, he's the second most prevalent character in the movie after right. Snake Plissken. Like, you know. All right. Well, for now, uh, yeah. hopefully it's still there. It, it's on Tubi and Pluto. Marty is, if you want, if you want to watch Marty. Yeah. It's funny too. And I'm, as I'm reading the synopsis, I'm reminded how much of how much only the lonely borrows from Oh, yeah, Marty. yeah, yeah. Totally, man. Yeah. I want to say, I think, I think I had read somewhere at some point before, like, uh, or I might be making this up, but I, <laughs> like, I feel like John Candy was uh, very um, like enamored with Borgnine, you know, because Borgnine similar, you know, yeah. build and you know he's not not your leading man type, but he was a charismatic, and he was always so good that you know he could carry a movie, not unlike Candy. So Borgnine was thirty four when he did that. Wow. He lived, yeah. he was 95 when he passed away, man. Crazy. No, that's great. That, that's just nuts. All right. So if he was born in 1918, uh, when I was talking about John Candy, right? Oh. Born on about Halloween in 1950. So, yep. Was only the only 91? 90. Eight, yeah. 91, I think. 91. So he was 41. It's not that far off. No, very yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, and it being, it, but again, M- Marty is f- a fucking fantastic. It's it's rad because if if all you know is Borgnine from Wild Bunch and that kind of vibe where he's or or Escape from New York, like you noted, 
watch them. Watch the one where you think, holy shit, that guy is, that guy is the most unassuming male lead in a romantic comedy is, and yep. it's not real. And it's, it's just, it's just a sweet movie. It That's is a very sweet movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 so you look, you're, here's your homework. Watch Marty. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to see another, uh, another fantastic performance from Borgnine and something you may, may not have seen, it's off the beaten path. Check out Robert Aldrich's Emperor of the North with uh, Borgnine and Lee Marvin. Mm. You know, again, it's, it's one of those movies that you probably, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, it's, it's kind of very, it's very obscure, but man, it, the two leads in that movie are fantastic. And, you know, again, Borgnine is, yeah, I don't want to ruin it, but uh, yeah, man. So there you go. How this, we're, we're turning this into a memoriam for <laughs> Borgnine. Okay. Well, here's what's funny. I got to tell you, I've been working on a special project for the, for the new year. So um, I was listening to an older episode, an older, another older episode. And then when it finished, I said it was nowhere near my phone. It went into a kickstart, an older kickstart. And that older kickstart was, it was right in the middle of it. And you plug 1998's Twilight. Oh. From Robert Benton with, with uh, Paul Newman, uh, Gene Hackman. James and Garner. I mean, and I've never seen the movie before. So I'm like, I'm going to watch this. And I, and I was aware of the movie, so I'm going to watch it. And so I thought it was really great timing because we we're talking about Neo Noir. And uh, dude, I, I ended up renting it because I'm like, it wasn't streaming anywhere. What a great movie, dude. It's so fucking right? good. I mean, dude, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, just like you talked about in the episode of that Kickstart, it was, it's shit. I can actually tell you what fucking episode it was. If you all want to go back and listen to it. Because um, I'm like, I'm still in the middle of playing it. Oh yeah, kickstart 9-12-2022, episode 199. So there you go. <laughs> it was it, it's, it's fantastic. And as you noted in that kickstart, you know, Paul Newman on his 50th go-round of coming back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, because dude, when was Color Money was what nine years before this, right? So like yeah. I mean, he didn't ride a complete wave from that all the way through this. I mean, nobody's fool and all that stuff came out in like 94, right? Nobody's fooled 94. Yep. He, but this movie was so fucking good. Oh my God. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really, uh, it's funny, man. Like, well, Newman's one of those guys who had like, you know, he just had such a long career and, you know, after winning the Oscar after seven tries, you know, and winning it finally in 86, I mean, he's still, and I mean, he's, dude, I can give you four movies in the nineties that he's fantastic in. And, you know, it was Twilight, whether you like or dislike Road to Perdition, he's the best thing in that movie. Nobody's Fool, which if you haven't seen Nobody's Fool, you should get on that. And yeah. uh, I'm going to even say, dude, Message in a Bottle, where he plays Costner's father. Yeah. He's so fucking good in it because, I mean, the guy, you know, he's Paul Newman. So, you know, find me a bad Paul Newman performance and then, you know, we'll have that conversation. But I don't <laughs> think that you will. <laughs> you know, there's a movie that I saw advertised a lot when we were kids, but it's one of those ones. It's, it's unassuming because it didn't really fit in our wheelhouse in 1982. And that's uh, Still the Night. Oh, I love still. I, I do. I own the Kino copy. It's fucking great. And Bob Benton's another one of those guys. Whenever, when I, I saw it for the first time, maybe 15 years ago, 
when you see this, you're like going, oh, hey, Esther Haas, and now I know where you got basic instinct from, you fucking right? thief. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, dude, it's like no question, no question. And you get to see Meryl Streep at, what is she here, 23? Yeah, somewhere. I mean, because that, like that, that? that was from that. Yeah, that's from that early, you know, French Lieutenant's Woman, Kramer versus Kramer. Right. Uh, all from that same time period. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's fucking, not only is she just, I mean, when you're slaying it before you're 25 years old, the way she does in this, because I mean, Kramer versus Kramer, you get to see a little bit of that. And, 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 and with this one, yeah, you get to see her really kind of take on a role that you, probably have never seen her go to before at anywhere in her career. And I've, and she went for it at such a young age too, but yeah, this movie's fucking a blast. I mean, get Roy Scheider doing like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Roy guy. Scheider doing the Michael Douglas thing. <laughs> yep. And, you know, and, and Benton who directed a ton of fucking movies. I mean, Kramer versus Kramer. Right. You know, and he, he also wrote, he wrote Bonnie and Clyde and did the right. screenplay for the first Superman, you know, but and nobody's full, <laughs> and nobody's full. Yeah. And Nadine, which we just talked about, he directed Nadine. He wrote the screenplay for the Ice Harvest, which everybody knows how much I love the Ice Harvest. And that's what I was going to go to next. I was going to. I was waiting yeah. for you to get there. <laughs> I mean, and the Late Show with Art Carney. I mean, he really, you know, uh, again, he's one of those. He's a writer director who, you know, probably people aren't as familiar with him as they should be. Right. But he's made some fantastic movies, Places in the Heart. Oh, my God, dude. Okay, this is one we never talk about. I know, and we skate around it. We get really close to talking about it in the house on Carroll Street. Yeah. Yep, with Jeff Daniels. With Jeff Daniels. And, yep. and you're and you're seeing Jeff Daniels before he starts making funny movies and you're still in that in that window of time with something with something wild. And so you're kind of still in that mode and uh isn't it um fuck who's the it's uh kelly, kelly McGillis, McGillis, isn't it yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah yeah right up yeah it's right it's like hot off a top gun oh my god yes and just get tandy man manny patankin yeah this has got a, what a cast dude fuck yeah is this yeah that's oh, man, a, this is on tubi also oh my god yeah no it's on tubi it's in my list of stuff to, when we talked about suspect last week uh when i clicked over to suspect it came up in my thing so i popped it in my it's in my watch list to that, revisit is that Laurie Metcalf? Uh, I think so. I think Holy I'm pretty sure it is. Shit, yes, dude. Like I need a reason. Yep. I, I mean, I've seen this movie, but it's it has been since '88. I haven't seen it since then. Yeah, this movie, and then uh, I was this. Uh, it's funny because this movie and a movie called Half Moon Street with Michael Caine and Sigourney yeah. Weaver. You know, they kind of uh, in my mind they. I, I always confuse the two. Not confuse them, but the, the posters were similar. Right. Time, you know, so it's, you know, again, but Robert Benton, man, Robert Benton is got, you know, like if you haven't seen, you know, the late show, Kramer versus Kramer is a movie that I feel like that uh, there was a time when I feel like everybody and their mother had seen it. But like now I don't, I'm not too sure. Like it, to me, like it's my, one of my favorite Dustin Hoffman movies, you know, and, and Streep is great in that too. And I think they went right from that right into Still of the Night. So, Yeah. Like we, why close this out and you can go right to Vidiots because let me, let's just round about how we were talking about all throughout Noir November. So again, House on Carroll Street, directed by who? Peter Yates. Yep. 
who also did suspect, which we've already talked about once or twice this month. We talked about breaking away once or twice this month. <laughs> yep. So that's that's how full circle we come unintentionally. We we eventually find our ways of coming full circle and not even realize we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's funny the way you know the way that that works. Um, and mm-hmm. let's let's go right into videos. Um, so coming soon, which. Soon means tonight uh, at the video. Uh, first up is... What, you mean uh, Monday night? You mean Monday the 27th? Monday the okay. 27th. Yeah, right. that's where we're at. Uh, question of Silence. I think it's Marlene Goris. I'm not I'm not that familiar with it. I, I feel like it's Dutch. It's a Dutch movie, and most of my, most of my knowledge of Dutch films, uh, they're all... What's his face? You know, my favorite, Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> so, right. but Question of Silence uh, is something I've wanted to see for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to see it tonight. But uh, Question of Silence. And then we go uh, t- uh, Tuesday, we got another body. Tuesday, we also have uh, Waiting for Guffman, Christopher yep. Guest's first crack at, uh, um, well, I guess not first, because it would be, I guess his first mockumentary would be Spinal Tap, correct? Yeah, but I, th- I think this one, I think but Guffman's more, is more, more in loose, line with what is he's loose. Yeah, yeah. Or what, he start, what, he, what he became more known for, I think, is Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, uh, Mighty Wind. As a director, because uh, yes. he was just a writer slash performer. Right. And with, yeah. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't direct Spinal Tap, but he wrote and he was in Spinal Tap. Right. But uh, yeah, as a director, like Waiting for Guffman was that? I think it was his first film. But uh, there's some. I, I mean, think it is. Yeah. Waiting for Guffman is one of those movies that, like, I, yeah, again, I always kind of think when I wa- go into watching, I'm like, is it gonna? Is this the time where it's gonna like the rail is gonna fall off and I'm gonna be like, this movie's not good anymore? No, uh, it's one of those movies. I, I I put it on and I like it for all the same reasons I did. It's right. it doesn't overstay its welcome. And, you know, you love all these people and they're, and everybody in it, I mean, this was my, I feel like this was my introduction to Parker Posey, if I'm not mistaken, outside of, uh, Party Girl. Is this before? I don't remember if this, no, this is after, um, there's some other things in it, but I guess maybe this is the movie where most people kind of discover her. I guess I would have to say, I remember her in Days and Confused, maybe, and I thought she was awesome in that. So, uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff in between. From my memory, I thought Waiting for Guffman was, I wouldn't have pegged it in 96. I thought it was earlier. But hey, there you go. Tuesday. <laughs> go see Waiting for Guffman. Uh, Stop Making Sense is back. Sold out again. <laughs> yes. So, you know, unless you're a member, you're probably never going to be able to get into one of these Stop Making Sense uh, screenings. Uh, Friday, December 1st, we have Woman Under the Influence, John Cassavetti's uh, 74 film starring his wife at the time. Uh, maybe his wife up until he passed away. Uh, Gina Rollins, Catherine Cassavetti's Peter Falk. Yeah, man. That's a heavy movie. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You feel, yeah, when you know when you know they're, they're matinee Zodiac oof. earlier in the day. Yeah, and then uh, and then at 3:30 <laughs> in the afternoon, uh Zodiac. <laughs> but I think uh is that thing is that it's not in the Women and the Influence is the, is is at the micro uh Yeah, yeah, I think cinema. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, because in Bruges is later on in the evening. Yeah, cuz Zodiac and in Bruges are one and are your one and two um yeah. there on the, in the at the Eagle. Uh Saturday you get Shrek. And written on the wind, Lauren Bacall, Robert Keith, Robert Stack, and Rock Hudson. 
And then rounding out the week, uh, we have Xanadu and Batman Returns, the best Batman movie, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again. Yeah, and also Wednesday the 29th, I want to point out uh, Satoshi Kon's Perfect oh. Blue is playing. Did I, I did skip over that. Holy right. smokes. Yeah. That's why you're here to pick up the pieces. Um, <laughs> when I just start fucking rambling on about shit. Uh, yeah, man. So it's another good week at Vidiots. I mean, it, these are all movies that like, you know, I've, I've seen and would love to see. I mean, dude, I would love to see in Bruges. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, we'll see what Friday brings. I don't know. I still think I, I, we, we, you and I talked about having uh, me showing it to Joey and then us having him on the show <laughs> talk about it. About in Bruges? Yeah. In Bruges, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, Joey, what, what did you make of in Bruges? <laughs> what did you think of this, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, again, another fantastic week, uh, you know, at Vidiot's. If you haven't bought a membership yet, think about it. Uh, I don't know if they had a Black Friday sale. Maybe there's a Cyber Monday deal. I mean, you know, I could I could look this shit up right now and tell you. I'm looking. I don't see anything. Yeah, I thought there was an email that came earlier in the week from them, but I don't know. I mean, look, here's the thing. It's such a good deal already. I don't know that, like, I need, I you know, you know, for the hundred bucks, I don't know that, you know, if you, I don't know that I would, if you, I, I mean, I already, already took the bait for a hundred, so it doesn't right. matter. If you told me it was 50 bucks, I still wouldn't feel like I'd got a raw deal. So there you have it. Uh, all right. So Fuck that guy. anyway, to roll into, uh, you know, last week you had mentioned the Dolly Parton cover record. Yes. Rockstar. Uh, you know, for those of you who were maybe watching some football or had it on during the, or maybe you just tuned in for the halftime show because it, everyone in the world knew that, uh, Dolly Parton was going to sing, yes. she uh, perform during the halftime show of the yeah. uh, Cowboys commanders, uh, blowout. Yeah. Yeah, man. And she killed it. I mean, yeah. 77 years old, man, doing her thing. I mean, she yep. looks fantastic. There, yep. I saw a really funny, uh, I guess, meme that was going around and it said Dolly Parton at 77 and it was a picture of her in her Dallas Cowboy trailer. Yep. And then it said me and it was this woman, like this girl who was like 30 or something that she's like, <laughs> I, I can't get out of bed. Like, you know, it was, it was right. very funny. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fantastic. But uh, I'm going to tell you, if you have Spotify and Apple Music and all these things already, uh, it, if if you're into covers, I mean, I feel like I, we've plugged every one of Juliana Hatfield's cover <laughs> we'll records. Keep that so, going. <laughs> well, yes, we're going to keep going. But uh, released last week on the 17th or 18th uh, was Juliana Hatfield sings ELO. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing: if you like Juliana Hatfield, if you like ELO. There's no reason you're not going to like this. Nope. There's no reason. <laughs> it's super fun, man. Yeah. And uh, she sounds great. And, uh, you know, she does, uh, it, she didn't go with all the obvious choices um, from ELO. Uh, you do get songs. Of course, Don't Bring Me Down is on there because there's no way that she wasn't going to put that on there. Right. But the rest of the playlist is pretty great. And like I said, if you like Jeff Lynne and ELO, and uh, there, this is, a, it's a really fun album. It's, it's a quick listen you know, I found myself listening to it in the car when I was out running errands and I literally just put it right back on when it got to the end. Cause I think it's only, it's only about 28 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Right around 30 minutes. No, it's 39 minutes. Didn't seem that long. I, to me, it could have been another 39 minutes and I've been happy as hell because I did play it twice. So there you go. Juliana Hatfield sings yellow. It, and it, you know, like, you know, it is short relatively speaking, but there were a lot of albums that were only 39 minutes back in the day. Yeah. 
it, it, there's songs on there that you recognize just by looking at them without even hearing them. But then your song that you're going to hear, you're going to go, oh, shit, I didn't know that was an ELO song. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, the two that jump right out at you, if, if you know, if you're familiar with the ELO's catalog, or even if you're not, and you just kind of like random fan, like, don't bring me down. Yep. Telephone line. And I would say maybe if I had to pick a third, Strange Magic is a song I feel like, you know, if you, yeah. you had to have heard it even by accident. But, um, you know, but she does a, she does Ordinary Dream on here. She does Bluebird is Dead. Can't Get Out of My Head. From the End of the World. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's good. It's From really the, good. It's a good record, man. And it, it's fun. Like, again, you could download this. Juliana sings Living Newton John and Juliana sings The Police and just play them all and enjoy the shit out of them and you yep. know your day is better for it. Yep. We talked about when Juliana hit, like when she first did the first cover album, we ended up referring to the um Susanna Hoff series, right? That she did. Yep. With Matthew Sweet. Matthew Sweet and tons of covers on that. And I just felt that I love that these and I, I'm going to say generational because, you know, they all kind of hit at the same time as far as like their... Oh, yeah, yeah. They all kind of peaked at the same time. Oh, yeah. That they're all... They, they've all been revisiting in the, the, these songs that influenced them. But Juliana's been killing it with this because it's not it's not just the obvious song choices. And right. her doing exactly. everything John, that makes sense. Her doing The Police makes sense. People aren't as familiar with ELO outside the couple of songs that we mentioned already. They're not that familiar with... I mean, ELO's catalog is huge. Too. It is. I mean, and, and again, I feel like ELO is one of those bands that like, you know, I don't want to say like the, they're like the dead, but I mean, they're like, you know, people who are into ELO fucking are into ELO. And then there's the rest of us who are, you know, I mean, I, I know a lot of ELO songs just because I... I'm a person who listened to tons of radio and I watched all those like seventies and eighties variety shows, you know? Right. So I'm very familiar right. with those things, right? Like, you know, Lama, 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 Dama, rock and roll is king, motherfucker. Right. And there's, and there's people that know Pink Floyd really, yes. really, really well in the same Correct. way. And there's the rest of us that know what we need yeah. to know. <laughs> we know money and we know, yeah, we, we know that we know those songs. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's a super fun album. I mean, it's funny. I had a buddy, he used to say, if Kurt Cobain was a woman, he'd be Juliana Hatfield. <laughs> and it's funny because I never kind of really understood what he was talking about. But then I was listening to nah. uh, Juliana's song, um, you know, a heart, a heart. That If you listen yeah. to that song and you listen to the music of Universal Heartbeat, right. it's, dude, it sounds just like any of the songs, any, any the, the guitar, the it all sounds just like it, it could have been on Nevermind. I, I, I laugh now when I hear it. And I think about, you know, when Wiley said that, I was like, I didn't understand. When you're in the middle of it, it's hard to like, be like, what the fuck did you just say? But like, you know, 30 years go by and I'm now listening to the song and looking, I'm like, yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> and I think Cobain was a fan of Julian Hatfield. Yeah. I think I read that somewhere at some yeah. point. Yeah. That's what, that's the thing about Cobain always would surprise people was when he would say, this is what I'm, a, this is what I'm listening to right now. Yeah. This is what I like. And they're like, right. going, what, really? Really? Yeah, totally. People don't understand that, that when you hear like somebody that plays real heavy music or, or something like heavy as far as tone goes, like Nirvana, that, do you think that's what they listen to all the time? No, man. They're, <laughs> they got to mellow no. out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny, man. Like it makes perfect sense to me that Michael Stipe was going to produce a 
was going to produce a Nirvana record. Right. You know, because obviously Cobain was way into like, you know, documenting stuff like that. So yeah, man, super cool. But Juliana's record, this one's, you know, this one is as good as the other two. And if you have Spotify, man, that shit's free. So, you know, you want something to listen to to put you in a good mood while you're out sitting in Christmas traffic, check out Juliana Sings ELO. See, we already mentioned Nirvana, and I wanted to kind of talk about this, and I kind of skipped over it when it came out. But Nirvana's 30th anniversary of In Utero came out, the big box set, kind of like the expansive box set like they did with Nevermind. And both Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic or have been out promoting it. They did a recent interview um, along with Steve Albini, the producer. And they talked about how little, they only spent 12 days recording that album. And I did, that just, to me, that just blows my mind when you hear something that expansive, that that much of a growth between Nevermind and In Utero. And then when you see and hear all the extra stuff on the super deluxe version when there's like all the demos and everything, Unlike Nevermind, where most of the demos were just that. But no, it's like, it's it's really a great interview. I'll post that in the show links too, because I think I, I, I'm one of those, I'm late to the game kind of guys when it comes to Nirvana, because not, not because I, I just didn't get it at the time. But I think my affinity for Foo Fighters has allowed me to go back and listen to their catalog a little more. Anyway. There's lots of stuff for you to consume. This is like a movie long episode of Kickstart, but we had a lot to talk about in Noir November because I knew it was going to be long. <laughs> I yeah, knew absolutely. we were going to talk about it. But go out there. We got lots to consume music wise on your drive back home from seeing your family. Or uh, maybe you're out for, maybe like you're in school for another couple of weeks before you hit your holiday break. Lots to take in, lots of free stuff, lots of, uh, I mean, there's plenty to, to, to consume. Try something new for once. <laughs> right? Yeah. Even if the new is old, like covers from Julian Hatfield. Yeah. Yes, because they're new to you. New is old. And old is new again, or whatever the fuck that is. Anyway. we Wouldn't we be irresponsible if we didn't mention the Black Friday sale at Kino? Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, okay, dude, it's always going Black on, Friday but it's sale. going on right now. But, it's Cyber um, Monday. It's Cyber yeah. Monday now. But you can go ahead and do that, and you can get uh, it also... <laughs> Story Avenue, Whitney's movie is now available to own digitally yeah. through Kino Lorber. There you and go. Yeah, you can go, you get through Kino and it's actually available. I think it's available on all um, digital platforms now. Yeah. Yep. So that, check that shit out. All right. So if you want to follow us on the socials, it's the, it's the usual at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. If you want to follow Corey on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. Culper97 on Insta. And if you want to support the show on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash karate pod. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at rock and roll 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at Jeff Lynn on Letterboxd. That's Jeff Lynn <laughs> at letterboxd.com. 